This episode is sponsored by the NBM show Breakaway Sessions, a series of online educational events. Next up on Wednesday, November 18, is Decorated Apparel Day. This session will bring you up to speed on DTG, heat transfers, screen printing, embroidery, and choosing the right apparel for the project. Registration is free, and you can find out all about it by visiting thenbmshow.com. Welcome to The Graphics Profiles. I'm your host, David McNeil, and you're listening to the number one podcast about the custom graphics industry. If you haven't already, show your love by subscribing to The Graphics Profiles on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, to keep on top of the latest tips and tricks to make your business excel. Stick around through this episode because we're talking with embroidery sage Eric Campbell, host of the online weekly series, The Take Up. We dive into ways on how to perfect patches, what tricks to use for better gradients, and ways to improve your e-commerce presence. So let's get customizing with Eric Campbell. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Uh, How are you doing? Uh, Doing all right. Busy, as I know a lot of folks are right now, especially in the e-commerce world. (laughs) But, uh, you know, that's how it is. Uh, Speaking of being, you know, just busy, but, you know, earlier (laughs) this year, you launched a weekly series on YouTube and Facebook called The Take Up. Well, first of all, congrats on like being able to, yeah, just consistently turn that out. I know how difficult that could be sometimes. Tell me a little bit about that and, and what you discuss on the show. The show, it really started out from my love of embroidery and digitizing. People kind of know me from that. However, mm-hmm. not only do we cover a lot about embroidery and digitizing, both technically and, and artistically, we end up covering a lot about e-commerce and running businesses because I've just I've been in the business a long time. And what people yeah. don't always know is not only do I do all this e-commerce or did I do all this uh, digitizing embroidery stuff, but e-commerce has been with me the whole time. Since the, the time we were putting carts on websites as mm. plugins, I've been doing e-commerce kind of concurrently that entire time. So we end up doing a lot on e-commerce and value and really doing business. Right. So, you know, one of the biggest topics you mentioned is e-commerce. Is this usually like a a common issue you see embroidery shops having, or is it something that could be a little intimidating, I guess? Uh, Absolutely. And I would say, though, like I said, I do cover a ton of embroidery stuff. If there's anything that's, that is a definite need for the industry, it's mm-hmm. more of how to do business, how to do e-commerce and how to just sell. Mm. I mean, the, the idea of value, the idea of how you price things and also uh, uncoupling labor from price. Right. That's a huge right. thing with embroiderers, especially if they come from the kind of home and craft market, which a lot more do in the cottage embroidery industry. Uh, these folks really come in thinking, I need to put in more money to the garment more money to the work, more time, more stitches, more supplies Mm -hmm. in order to charge more for something rather than looking at value. And that's something that they really struggle with. They struggle with charging enough and with making profit a priority. Making profit a priority. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, In order to do this, uh, what are some of the tools that you're using that you kind of recommend to uh, your viewers? You know, I think the tools themselves I don't want to say they don't matter, especially because people know I worked for an hmm. e-commerce company for a while that made <laughs> uh, that made a great a great tool for doing e-commerce. But what I'll say is that though those tools are there, if you're going to talk about which tools to choose, I recommend people take a long look at the tools that are made for the garment industry, that are made hmm. for uh, custom decoration. Because even if we don't end up doing, uh, like I say, live decoration or live design, online design, which you, you can go to that route. 
it's not always the right route. However, if you end up with the kind of online tool or web store that doesn't handle, let's say, sizing and colors and stock very well for apparel, it really can be a hassle. So I, I say, look at those things first, because there are some elements of them. Even if you're not doing, like I said, full online design, you may do online personalization, which is huge, especially as more people are into uh, not only digital printing, but embroidery for many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the quintessential thing you think of with embroidery is the name over a pocket. It's the quintessential early embroidery object from, you know, since the time of machine embroidery starting. Right. The Single head customization has always been with us. So being able to do live personalization is huge for embroiderers. And we're used to handling those kind of requests. If we have tools that work with that, we can then continually uh, kind of stay. Honestly, we're at the forefront because people were talking about one-off production. Embroiderers have been doing one-off production forever. Right, it, right. It, we didn't have to wait for a digital process for that to be relevant to us. So if we have tools that help with that, that's also something critical to look at. Fantastic. And, and you also look at uh, techniques on your on yes. your show as well. Tell me a little bit about that. So what I try and get people to do as far as technique is when they're doing, say, art interpretation is to say, let's not just try and fill an area with stitches like it's a thread printer. Let's use the nature of the thread, the shine, the shadow, the texture, the dimensionality of it to make something that has a unique value that can't be had through print. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that means that there's work that has to be done in setting uh, stitch types and creating the objects for embroidery, the objects that are on screen that eventually become kind of the embroidered areas, yes. uh, creating those with the stitch angles in mind, the types, the textures, and using different threads and materials so that we don't end up just reproducing a logo. We have an embroidered interpretation that adds something to it. I remember I was just you know reading one of your articles from last year about uh, Gradient. Yeah. And- I guess, tell me a little bit about that technique, just to highlight kind of what you're overall talking about here sure. you know, with the digitization and actual art interpretation. Oh, yeah. Especially when we're talking about gradients. I think the thing that stands out with the way I handle them is that I do a lot of the work manually. Mm-hmm. And that may be, in fact, that's really the takeaway of the take up, if I can, <laughs> if I can go there. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things people take up from all of the uh, things I've said there is that you can't mm-hmm rely on the software to do the interpretation for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody wants auto digitizing. They want, especially like gradients, they want to use automatic gradient tools. Do gradient tools exist in the software? Yes. But what they do is essentially create an accordion spacing between lines of thread in a color or two colors. They don't really look at coverage. They don't select colors for you and they don't really work very well with multiple colors mm-hmm. without causing extra density, extra stitches in any area that might make the garment kind of stiff mm-hmm. or wear poorly. Uh, I tend to take two two different kinds of perspectives that I, I share with folks on this is that I, I think it should be thought of holistically, number mm. one. So you want a garment that feels good to wear, that looks good, that has a nice hand or drape. It's not stiff or overly uh, full of stitches, but it looks good, has nice coverage, and it's balanced. That's the, the holistic part of it. Right. Uh, the second thing is that I think... I think you don't ever want the software to make artistic choices for you. It's okay to use automation. So let's say there's a kind of supportive stitching embroiders will know called underlay that helps kind of support stitching and provide some color coverage. And it's underneath the top stitching that we see. Um, This structural stitching, some of that can be done automatically. It's done very well by software. 
that's not an artistic choice. Using the automation that's there to use automatic underlay is great. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Using automation to make artistic choices about where stitches should go or how your colors should be laid out or what sequence things should be in or the dimension that's there. I consider that kind of automation to be, you know, less desirable. Can you use automation to get to a certain point in embroidery or digitizing? Sure you can. The best also most production efficient embroidery and the most artistic embroidery that has a higher perceived value from the customer will be stuff that has artistic decisions made by a digitizer, made by a designer. Right. Uh, let me ask this. Are, are you using any go-to resources to study up on uh, the material? You know, what resources do you usually use? Um, these days, we're very lucky because uh, we get to go online and go to Pinterest and we can see you know thousands upon <laughs> right. thousands of, of examples. When I first started, that wasn't the case. And in fact, why, why I started writing for the magazines and doing what I do now mm-hmm. is because I first started, there was no input. And especially if we're talking about like digitizing, there was nothing. There was the manual mm. for the software I had. But that was what I had to work on. But these days, I would say a lot of it is just getting to social media and seeing what's out there. I follow a lot of uh, craft and art blogs. I follow a lot of people who are um, who are into embroidery. In fact, there's a ton of people now doing a lot of manual chain stitch work, which is interesting. It's It's been coming up mm. in the last few years. And that's been interesting. I've been working on embroidered motifs to emulate that because I think it's a, a, an interesting texture we don't always see. Um, but that that's really it. I follow a lot of the embroiderers guilds like the in England. They have a a large kind of royal Hmm. guild. They have the guilds here, uh, EGA. There's a bunch of these guilds for hand embroidery. Mm -hmm. And in general, I just follow that kind of stuff or hashtags. And the other thing I do, which I have kind of recommended to people many times that you have to do it with care, is what I call retail research. Look at what's coming out of fashion. Look at what's coming out of streetwear, what's coming out of the retail stores, and take hints from it. I mean, you do have to digest it. My my opinion always is this. We We don't do knockoffs. Mm-hmm. But we do look at the elements and say, all right, I'm going to do a remix. Let's take the color palette from this, the stitch ty- styles from this, mm-hmm. the types from this, the size and placement from this garment. And if we put them all together, what does that look like? What can we do that's different? Let's take this logo that I have to execute and then look at a style that comes from Super Dry or Supreme or you know, go to any streetwear style or go to any fashion magazine and take a look at what's going on there and say, all right – this stuff's going to filter in because I know certainly back in the day, it would be where, you know, apparel styles, the mills would have items. It would take months or years, you know, it would take years sometimes to see something that was really popular in retail come into your cycle of blank garments. Mm-hmm. Now the cycle is much shorter. And so your clients are going to look at something in retail and ask you for a retail styled look. There's no reason why you shouldn't look at retail style decoration the same way. So anytime I'm at a shop, I, I, I'll say that I'm, I'm probably the uh, most interested hanger on when someone takes me clothes shopping. I'm, I never want to go for myself, but I'm certainly <laughs> looking at all the stuff. I'm, I'm the creep with the camera phone. <laughs> well, I'm sure like even in like museums, right? Like when there happens to be an exhibit Absolutely. about. Yeah, I have uh, innumerable pictures pictures every time in fact touring for the trade shows the one thing i go do is check the museums out i go to the museums every time and come back away with just tremendous amounts of textiles or really i remember distinctly um there was an entire set of like native textiles I went through. Through Yes, and yes. And it's funny because invariably I'll be somewhere where there's a really big exhibition of something and people are really excited about and I'm always in the basement in like mm-hmm. <laughs> some other area or one of the strange ones. I can't remember where I was now and I'm sure somebody will correct me on this. might have been Chicago um, <laughs> where there is a set of miniatures. It was miniature house settings. <gasps> yes, it, Chicago. It Chicago. It's yeah. in the uh, – it's like at the bottom level of yes. uh, one of the art museums. It's in. Yes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I love that place. I, I, I mean, it was 
Gardens to Chicago? I don't know. Yes, uh, suffice it yes. to say that they're, they're the set of miniatures in there, and the thing is, if you go and look at all of the tapestries and rugs that, are, that were done, they were hand embroidered. Even yeah. though they were supposed to be looking woven, they were embroidered pieces. And so I came away with tons of pictures of the of the patterns and the things on that. And everybody's like, "How is this relevant?" And I'm like, "How is it? How is it not relevant?" <laughs> right. We'll be right back with Eric Campbell after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by the NBM Show Breakaway Sessions. If you're interested in adding decorated apparel to your product mix or want to improve your workflow, don't miss Decorated Apparel Day on November 18. Go to thenbmshow.com to learn more and register for free. We'll see you there. You know, in one of your episodes, uh, which garnered like a good deal of attention, um, sure. it, it was about patches. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the you know latest trends there, and why is that such a popular topic? You know, I'll say that beyond any shadow of a doubt, before I talk about any of the patches, I always say let's get to the let's cut to the chase. It's patches on hats. Mm-hmm. It, patches on hats are the are the main thing, and the reason why they also become such a point of, of uh, conversation is it's difficult to attach patches on hats. Mm. Once they are made, hats being a cylindrical object that's many layers of crinoline or buckram and twill with taping and all this stuff, they shift and they're hard to manage. And doing any sort of automated patch attachment or using your embroidery machine to do it is very difficult or it can be difficult. Right. And it takes some training, it takes some finesse. So that's the top thing. And I'll just go ahead and answer the question here now. The gold standard <laughs> is to get a post-bed sewing machine and have someone do it manually. Oh, That's the gold standard to attach any kind of patches. Uh, if we want to talk about the popular styles, certainly the embroidered patch is still there and still popular, but uh, more and more we're seeing embossed and laser engraved leather patches or uh, leatherette. There's a lot of, there's everything from traditional leather to vegan leather, you know, leatherette, leather, naga hide, whatever you want to call it, uh, faux leathers being done. Uh, and like I said, anything from custom embossing with dyes, which has maybe a little more craft look to it, to tons of people doing it with uh, laser engraving. So that's, that's really where that's going right now. I see a ton of these different kinds of patches, some PVC also molded patches. So that's the kind of stuff that has to be produced off site by somebody with with particular equipment to do so. But then a lot of the attachment on hats has been done locally. And I'll say why I love patches and why I've been mm-hmm. kind of, it's funny, I've been preaching patches as a thing for, <laughs> God, it's, kind of, it's been like eight years that the trend was, everybody kept on telling me the patch trend. And I said, I don't know about that. <laughs> when I called it the patch trend, I'm like, number one, yeah. direct embroidery on things like hats. Back in the day, you couldn't do it because the, the embroidery machines didn't work in the round that way. They didn't mm-hmm. have uh, that cylindrical capability. So patches on hats was a thing way back in the day. Um, but now it has become a thing again. The classic is, of course, the trucker hat with the embroidered oh, sure. patch. Lar- large embroidered <laughs> right. patch on the five-panel trucker is, is a, you know, that's the classic. Mm-hmm. However, we're now seeing patches of all sorts, including small patches used as just kind of uh, brand tags on things. Small PVC patch uh, somehow offset on the edge of a beanie. Huge thing of a knit cap. Mm-hmm. T- seeing tons of that stuff. Molded patches, leather patches in the same way. But no matter what it is, you're going to be seeing a range of these patches. Certainly, embroidered patches there. Woven patches are another big thing. You get fine detail, but you don't get quite as much texture. So you don't get all the different stitched angles and directions, but you get finer detail on it. And it does still have some of that textile quality 
into it. And those are, once again, produced by another company and, and you'll be attaching those or applicating them, whatever you want to do. Uh, PVC patches, like I said, molded patches, leather patches, all coming into play. And I think there's really space for all of them. The other reason I love to preach these things is that we now have this item, especially in the, in the world of e-commerce. Hmm. I have a non-sized item that I can ship cheaply that is small, easy to pack, easy to ship, yeah. that I can buy at, in a bulk way. And I can actually have those attached to other garments. The thing is, even if I don't use them as an item themselves, I can bring in patches. And now, as long as I have the attachment methods down and I understand whether I'm using heat press technology, like I'm thermoplastic adhesives, like you would usually see with uh, you know patches, or I'm stitching them on with embroidery machines, especially with flat goods, it's much easier than hats, even though you can make it work on hats. Mm-hmm. Or I've got myself a setup where I've brought somebody in to work with, say, a post bed machine, and I can work on hats and other things, you know, post bed machine, flat bed machine, and I'm sewing them on. Now I can use that same patch for multiple garments. And if the garment styles jive and the colors jive, I can even have multiple brands. I could have multiple internal brands, merch stores, company stores, and I produce the decorated garments by using patches just in time. Mm. As the orders come in, I can have someone attach the correct patch to it in the right placement and then ship it. Yeah, I love it. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, (laughs) It's been a fantastic conversation, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I I know I get a little uh, off into the weeds, get a little passionate about this stuff, but I really appreciate the chance to uh, talk to everybody. No, it's been wonderful talking with you. And yeah, we'll have to have you back on sometime soon. Uh, I'm definitely game. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you. Doing a quick shout out to all embroiderers in Chicago. Once the pandemic is over, please check out the exhibit we mentioned about miniatures. Uh, Lots of inspiration to be had there. Big thanks again to Eric Campbell for being on the graphics profiles. Be sure to check out his weekly series, The Take Up, on Facebook and YouTube, and look for more of his tips and tricks on the Graphics Pro website. And if you have any questions or customizing trends you'd like to hear more about, feel free to email me. You'll find my address in the show notes on the website. In the meantime, stay safe and keep customizing. Bye for now.